ready so willingly, without question, without grumble, without complaint. And he chose to do it. Where would we be if he had chose not to do it? If he would have looked into the future and said, you know what, James, is he is just not going to change. But because of one word that displays so much more than the word itself is the word agape. Love, a love that's unconditional, a love that's without question, a love that is long-suffering, amen, has he been long-suffering with you? I mean, like, how can we even, <laughs> how can we even begin to fathom? But on the same token, if we think about it, he's asked us to do the same thing. He didn't ask us to do anything that he hasn't already done. So we ask ourselves each day as I as I point to self and I say, hey, self, you're getting up on the cross today and you are being crucified because unless you're crucified, you cannot resurrect to newness of life. So we make that our goal each and every day. There's so many goals that we shoot and that we aim for. But I like what Paul said and the way Paul said it and the way that he left it. He said we make it our aim to be pleasing and not just pleasing, but to be well-pleasing so that means that we go above and the beyond you know and so so not only did he give but he generously gave as well uh i kind of want to end the year uh this is kind of not typical for me to just do a standalone message i really love series because series uh really helps us to grow and points us in a direction of, of an order because all of us we are used to an order that you do things this way and you do things this way brother tony knows that when you're in the mail room that you get your basket and then you begin to organize your mail per your route you know same thing with my father you know when he used to be a truck driver he used to take and they loaded it per his route uh and and each one of us uh even you brother jason you know uh you gotta you gotta put it you gotta auger out the holes before you can put the fence post in there when you put the fence post in there then you put the concrete there's a process uh in the way that we do things but i want to end uh this year i want to end 2023 because 2024 uh god has super been preparing me for the things that are going to take place i go back to october of 2022 i'll kind of give you this testimony that october 2022 we were doing bible study in the house now i mean just bible study and sometimes it was just me and the wife and so so we went in october 2022 the lord spoke to me while i was in prayer and he said son next year this time things are going to look different and i didn't even understand because here i am just hosting a bible study on saturdays uh and and still going to uh, uh another church on sundays uh, supporting another minister as well and and i didn't understand the fullness of what god was talking about but oftentimes if, if we just can kind of recollect for a moment sometimes when oftentimes when god speaks to us it's for our next season it is for our next season. So came January 20, uh, 2023, we started having Sunday morning service there at the house. And it started with two of us. And then it became three of us. And then it became four of us. And then there's been times where we've had 13 people in the living room. I don't have a huge house, but 13 people in the living room was a lot of people. And, and then they begin to dwindle. And then we continued to remain faithful. And then come June, the Lord told me, June or Ju July, the Lord said, go start looking for a building. Lord, you see our bank account, right? <laughs> you see what comes in every week, right? But see, in and through that, because of obedience, because I went out and I did what God told me to do, this right here. And it looked like it was just, it was a mailing facility was what it was. So the mail was going out in one way, but now the mail is going out in another way. And 
the Lord placed us here. So, so, and the October, while this was being renovated, all this that, that was being done, the Lord spoke to me, said, didn't I tell you that it would look different in October this year? And then he spoke the same word to me. He said, October next year is going to look tremendously different. So I'm excited about what God is going to do. And he's, he's told me as long as I walk in obedience, as long as I do whatever he tells me to do, it doesn't have to make sense to me. It doesn't matter if it benefits me in any way. If I walk in obedience, you see, because what happened to Abraham was he was obedient to what God told him to do. And so what happened? He was allowed to keep Isaac. And henceforth, he became the father of many nations because Isaac was a promise. But God even asked him to sacrifice him. And because he was willing to lay down the very thing that God promised him, God knew then that he feared him. And we ain't even got into my message today. So I want to move right on in. Because if anybody knows, I, I, I don't speak for a little while. There's so much revelation that God gives me. Uh, and if you need to get up, if you get tired, whatever you need to do, you can stand up. Uh, but there's such a word that God wants to speak to us here today. Uh, so if we could just move on to the title of today's message. And uh, I'm just going to go ahead and be polite here. And I'm going to start my timer. And I ain't going to tell you how long it is. So you can just follow along with me. So today, we want to talk about an unnecessary funeral. Maybe some of you know where we're going in this instance today. But as I was doing my, my daily reading a couple of weeks ago, the Lord placed us on in my spirit. And, and it just jumped up off the page, and it slapped me around a couple of times. Are you seeing what I'm saying here? I said, uh, absolutely, Lord, but I, I need a deeper revelation of what you're going to say here. So today we're all going to get that deeper revelation of what God wants to speak. So if you have your Bibles with you today, if you want to make a note, uh, if you want notes, I can get these emailed to you. But we're going to be coming out of Luke chapter 7, verses 11 through 16. Hallelujah. If you're turning, I'll give you a few moments to get there. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. I'll give you about 10 more seconds. If you don't know where Luke is, it's in the New Testament. If you got your phones, it's so much easier to turn there. But if not, like I said, we've got it up here on the screen. And I also encourage, if there's things, if you want to use your phone to take pictures, Take pictures of it, and that way you can reflect back to it throughout the week or as God leads you to do so. And it reads like this in Luke chapter 7, verses 11 through 16. It said, Soon, soon afterward, Jesus went with his disciples to the village of Nain, and a large crowd followed him. A funeral procession, watch this, was coming out as he approached the village gate. The young man who had died was a widow's only son. And a large crowd from the village was with her. Verse 13. When the Lord saw her, his heart overflowed with compassion. Don't cry, he said. Then he walked over to the coffin. He touched it, and the bearer stopped. Young man, he said, I tell you, get up. Then the dead boy sat up, watch this, and began to talk. And Jesus gave him back to his mother. Great fear swept the crowd and they, they praised God, saying, A mighty prophet has risen among us, and God has visited his people today. Let us pray. Dear glorious, gracious, heavenly Father, Lord, again, we thank you, Lord, that you've graced us with a privilege and an opportunity, Lord, to come, to call upon your name, Lord, to hear your word, Lord, come forth today. Lord, as I, your servant, Lord, as just stands before you and before your people, Lord, Lord, just to only be a mouthpiece, Lord, that as you told Jeremiah, if you would just open your mouth... I will speak through you. I will place my words on your lips. So, Lord, as I step down, Lord, and you step in as you are already here today, Holy Spirit, come and do exactly what the Word of God says that you would do, that you would be the revealer of truth, Lord, that you would reveal your Word today. Lord, that we, your people, will hear what you have to say to us individually, the church. 
Bring conviction, Lord, where conviction is needed. Bring instructions where instruction is needed. Bring direction where direction is needed. And we thank you. We praise you. We glorify you. We honor you, Lord. We ask this in Jesus' name, Lord. Amen and amen. So a few things that I like to point out within this message or this passage of Scripture is that we can identify a few key points here. That we must allow the Holy Spirit to remind us of these situations for us to help identify them in the future and in the past and, and where we've been. So, so, so first we can see that this, this was an only son. An only son. You know, and, and my mind kind of went back a little bit this week because, what's today? Today's the 31st. Two days ago, two days ago was six years ago that I woke up one morning and got the call that my daughter had died in a house fire. Devastated me. I, it rocked my world. And, and James went down a dark path. You know, and I'm so glad my mom and dad and, and, and my in-laws and my wife just, just prayed for me so hard and they earnestly seeked God because they knew God had a purpose on my life and, and we're going to see the very same thing here so as we can see and that's enough about me as we get back to the word of God that we can see here is that the word for the only son here is the same word in John three sixteen, the only begotten son the only begotten son and that means that this was the only child that this child was not just a child but this was a special child you know and this was this was a situation as we can begin to uh, recollect in our minds and in our hearts that there's things that we're going through and there's things that we face this year and it seemed to be a one-of-a-kind type situation And then there was those times in that situation, God, I'm not seeing you move. I, I, I'm not getting an answer. I, I don't know what you want me to do, but I'm here to tell you today that there's hope. Because don't, don't continue on with the funeral, but allow Jesus to show up. If you begin to have a funeral, if you begin to place this at rest, just because God hadn't answered your prayers don't mean that he's not going to. He's on the scene, and we're going to watch how Jesus comes. And when he comes, he comes with such compassion, such compassion. So first we can see that this was the only son, but the Greek word for the only in this passage is the same Greek word that John used as we describe Jesus as being the only begotten son. So this Greek word means a one of a kind, that there are no others like this. And we've all faced situations that there's certain things that we've prayed for that maybe we've not prayed for. But, you know, there's been people, you know, we've heard the old saying, and there's nothing new under the sun. And, you know, and there's things that we're facing that maybe we haven't faced before. But God's already answered these very same things for people before. So we got to understand that who we are serving, who that we are pursuing, who we are reaching out to. And because that this was what moved Jesus with compassion, because it was a one of a kind situation. Jesus moved upon this with compassion. You know, I, I didn't remember reading in that passage of Scripture. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. I, I don't remember hearing that the woman prayed. I, I don't remember her recognizing Jesus showing up on the situation. I, I, I don't remember anybody in the background saying, hey, the great master is here. But Jesus moved with compassion because he understood that he was a one of a kind situation as well. So these are not your everyday situations. They may be what many may call a once in a blue moon type scenario. We've heard those before, right? And there actually is a blue moon. That's where we kind of get to say, it's okay, you break, uh, hop in here with me if you want to. But what we've all heard it, oh, this happens once in a blue moon. But there really is a blue moon that happens every once in a while. It may not look blue, but if you begin to look into it, it is a blue moon. And so we see that this was the case. That these moments are super important 
And there may not be another opportunity to be able to achieve this victory. And I want us to know that these moments are important to Jesus as well. I want you to get that into your spirit this morning. That these are important to God. It doesn't matter what you're facing. It doesn't matter what you're going through. Because we saw this happen again. And I know we've done said it. But Jesus moved with compassion. He moved with compassion. So as we notice the woman's, the widow woman sobbing, his heart overflowed with compassion. His mutual feelings for her was much deeper than surface because he felt that a feeling of his divine purpose. And as we can see this in Luke chapter four, verses 18 and 19. We've all read this before. This is when Jesus was in the temple and he read the scroll. But this is also the prophetic word that Isaiah spoke. And I believe it's in Isaiah chapter 61. And it says this. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has what? He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Watch this underline right here. And he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. He has sent me for those one type of scenarios. He sent me to this funeral. He sent me to have compassion. And we've all sat there before and we've had that broken heart before. Let us continue to proclaim liberty to the captives and the recovery of the sight to the blind. To set at liberty those who are oppressed. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And the year of the Lord is upon us, ladies and gentlemen. And all these things that Jesus said, hey, this is what I was sent to do. I was sent to do this. It doesn't matter what your situation is. It doesn't matter if nobody else is facing this. It doesn't even matter if nobody else even understands what you're going through. I do. I know what you're going through. And so it doesn't matter our age. It doesn't matter our gender. It doesn't matter our race. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter if we have hair, if we don't have hair. It doesn't matter if we're skinny or if we're fat. It, it doesn't matter if we walk on a cane. It doesn't matter if we roll in a wheelchair. God still sits on the throne and he cares about us. He cares about these situations. And I want us to understand that God has compassion. So Jesus is here to do the very same thing for us. Amen. He is missioned for this purpose and it is his delight to fulfill the Father's call. It's his delight. It's just what he wants to do. If, he would, if it would not have been, then he would not have said it because in the beginning was what? The Word. The Word was God and the Word was with God. We skip to verse 14. It said, and the Word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. His Word is alive. And it's more powerful. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12. My word is more powerful and sharper than what? Any two-edged sword. Able to divide the soul and the spirit. So this is exactly what the word of God is here to do. Is to divide our flesh and our spirit. To divide us. As we bring focus to the fact that she was crying. Which could only point out that she was broken. She was broken. We have mothers in here. Grandkids. Some of us have even lost kids. And we can understand where her heart was. Her heart was broken. Absolutely broken and shattered to pieces. And I began to reflect back to me of how I was so broken. And when I just called out to God. And God began to speak to me. I believe it's the book of Philippians. It is. It said that I will give you the peace that surpasses understanding. That not only would people not understand how I could be so joyful. That how that I could go through this situation. That how I could get through the holidays. of How I could get through Christmas and her birthday. Because they were all right there together. Her birthday was December the 18th. She would have been 26. Christmas was December the 25th. She died on December the 28th. And so, so this time of the year has, has been uh, bombarding for me. But I got to say that God has stepped in. And he's done exactly what he said he was going to do. He's given me the peace. But the realest peace that I got from him. It surpasses all understanding. Can I give you a little secret for me? It surpasses the reason of why I even need to know why it happened. Because it's in God's hands. 
He's God. He sits on the throne. And I don't have to know everything that he's doing. My obligation is to obey what he called me to do. Abraham. Abraham didn't know what he was doing when he was taking Isaac to sacrifice him. But what did he do? He walked in obedience. And as we recollect that this was the first time that we ever saw the word worship in the Bible. He said, me and the lad are going to go, what? go up yonder and we're going to worship. So what does that mean? I'm going to go be obedient. That's what worship is. That's where you hints have heard the saying, worship is a lifestyle. Worship is obedience. Worship is not a slow song. Let's don't get it twisted. Don't get it confused. Amen. Matthew chapter 13 verses 23. Because her brokenness attracted Jesus, right? And as we can recall the parable in Matthew 13, 23. Read this. The seed that falls on good soil represents those who what? Who truly hear and understand. So what's happened here is they've heard it. Uh, he that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit has to say. Uh, this is the good seed is when you hear the Spirit of the Lord speaking and you gain the revelation from that. You've heard the voice within the voice. You've no longer heard Pastor James speaking. You no longer heard uh, any other pastor speaking. You've not heard uh, that those words. You've just heard the words of God and you caught a revelation of what was being spoken here. So let me go back. He said, so it fell on good soil, representing those who truly hear and understand God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as he had planted. So I want us to understand this morning, how many of us have ever planted a little garden in the backyard? Some of us may have even overdone a little garden in the backyard. Let's just be honest with you. But we've done a garden. But what did you do? Did you not break that ground? Did that ground not become broken? Was it not? Was it? Did you not cultivate it to the point that it was able to receive the seed? And because you broke the ground, it became good ground. So, so when, so, so when we are broken before God, we become fertile ground for His Word. To be placed inside of us and to be able to produce the 30, the 60, and 100. We read the other parts of the parable, if your mind could go back for just a moment, that some fell by the wayside and the fowls of the airs came and devoured them. And some uh, fell among uh, 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 the rocky ground. And because it had no depth, sometimes we, we, there might be rocks upon the ground, but it can't get no depth, the root. And God has called us to be rooted and planted in His Word and in His heart to hear. All that he is speaking to us. But because they had no root, they withered away. There was other seeds that fell among the thorns, which represented the cares and the worries of this world. So what happened to them is that they never matured. They never matured. They had ground, but everything else around them choked them out. It's so important for us to be separated. He said, I've called you out amongst the world to be separated. What light has fellowship with darkness? When you turn the light on in your room, what happens to the darkness? It disappears. How much light are we being to the people that we're around, that we are associated with? You know, I was driving down the road. I'm going to tell myself for a minute, Christmas Day. I was driving down to Clinton to Mom and Daddy's. And, and I had like, I guess I had the main dish. I had smoked a pot roast. About three of them to be to be uh, to be uh, correct on that, and so I was trying to get there because I was running behind schedule. We've all ran behind schedule, right? So what do you do? You drive a little bit faster to break the law. Lord, please forgive me. And my wife said, "All right, Mister Salt and Light, on your tag on the back of your truck. <laughs> was I being salt and was I being light? I was probably being salty, if I could just be real honest with you. I said, baby, I said I'm just going to break it for just a little bit longer to get on down the road.' And she just said, "Okay." <laughs> she just let me do my thing. But it was the, it's, it's broken ground. Being broken before God. Being broken before God. And, 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 and I want to read something else to you. Psalms chapter 51. Yeah, you notice I didn't say a set of scripture. I said Psalms 51. Any of us familiar with Psalms 51? Uh, this was the psalm that David had. Uh, this was the psalm that he spoke 
This was the psalm that he had, his prayer, Ather, Ather, he had committed adultery with Bathsheba and had had a baby. And the prophet Nathan came to him and warned him. Let us read this together. Psalms chapter 51. And I want us to see in this the brokenness of David's heart. The brokenness of his spirit. This is the very same thing that God has called us to. And we got to understand that unless we're broken, we're not going to produce everything that God's called us to. Some of us are, may only produce the 30 because I'm okay with, you can break this part of me, but you can't have this part. Did we not sing in the last song, Lord, every part of me, every facet of me is yours. And if we've not dedicated that to God, then all we're ever going to get is the 30. Then there'll maybe the 60. But God's called us to so much more. Let, let us read here. Have mercy on me, O God, because of your unfailing love. Because of your great compassion. Oh, we're hearing compassion again. Watch this. Blot out the stains of my sin. Wash me clean from my guilt. Purify me from my sin, for I have recognized my rebellion. It haunts me day and night. Against you and you alone have I sinned. I have done what is evil in your sight. You will be proved right in what you say, and your judgment against me is just. How many of us could really say that? Your judgment against me, Lord, is just. This is a sign of a broken heart. Let's continue here. For I was born a sinner. Yes, from the moment my mother conceived me. But you desire honestly from the womb, teaching me wisdom even there. Purify me from my sins and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Oh, give me back my joy again. You have what? You have broken me now let me rejoice don't keep looking at my sin remove the stains of my guilt next slide create in me a clean heart oh god renew a loyal spirit within me do not banish me from your presence and don't take away your holy spirit from me restore to me the joy of your salvation and make me willing to obey you. Then I will teach your ways to rebels and they will return to you. These are signs of a broken heart now, ladies and gentlemen. The verse 13. Then I will teach your ways to rebels and they will return to you. Forgive me for shedding blood, O God, who saves. Then I will joyfully sing of your forgiveness. Unseal my lips, O Lord, that my mouth may praise you. You do not desire a sacrifice, or I would offer one. You do not want a burnt offering. The sacrifice you desire, uh-oh. The sacrifice that you desire is a broken spirit. Broken. When you think about something that's, that's broken, excuse me for a lack of example, these poor porn setters, I don't pon pon set. Woo! Help me, Lord. <laughs> porn setters. If I just say it real fast, it don't matter, right? <laughs> but you just imagine, you just taking something and you break it. You break it. You know, my mind goes back that it says uh, that the anointing shall what destroy. If something's destroyed, then it cannot be reassembled. When we allow God, oh, ladies and gentlemen, when we allow him to break us, it's his desire to be broken, to be broken in spirit. And, you know, so we we as we're going to continue the scripture here. But, you know, my mind goes back to this very parable. Jesus, when he interpreted this parable to his disciples, he looked at him and he said, hey, guys, listen to this. If you don't get this parable right here, if this one doesn't sink in, he said, none of the other ones are going to make any sense to you. None of the other ones. Oh, was Jesus not so strategic 
in the way that he taught, the way that he did things. He was just so strategic. And you, you, you can't make these things up. So let us get back to this. You will not reject a broken and a repentful heart. Oh God, verse 18. Look with favor on Zion and help her rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. Then you will be pleased with sacrifice offerings in the right spirit. And what was the right spirit again? A broken spirit. Maybe we've heard it this way. A contrite spirit. Broken, disassembled, dismantled before God. How many times have we been in our prayer closet where we have just been a mess? I mean, just like crying, slobber, spit. I was in my prayer room yesterday and my poor dog was, was in there laying on the bed. One of the four was laying on the bed and he was just like, because I was just yelling and spitting and slobbering everywhere because I was pursuing God. That, that God, please put this message within me that I may be able to deliver it in the same revelation in which that you've presented it to me. Because, Lord, we must hear. We must hear. People must hear this gospel. So our brokenness before God will produce the more. It will produce the more, the 30, the 60, and 100. And the more broken that we become before God, the more that he will produce through us. You know, we use for the example, uh, how many of us has used a hammer before? I ain't talking about a nail gun. I've, got, I've used nail guns too, but a hammer, we've used a hammer. Did that hammer, once you put it down, did it ever say, hey, how about giving me a little praise for doing some work here? It's just a tool. And that's what we are, is we are tools, we are vessels uh, waiting, and we're empty to be used and to be filled by His precious Holy Spirit to go forth and to preach the gospel to who, what? Matthew 28, 19, go ye therefore unto all nations, all nations, preaching the gospel, teaching them. Uh, let me continue on here. So our brokenness before God will produce the more, the more of his desire, the more of seeing the begotten live and respond to his word. Our brokenness is fertile soil. You hear that? Our brokenness is fertile soil. 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 Man, I said it right. I'm in the South. I usually might say soul. Soil. Our brokenness is fertile soil, and through this brokenness, we are promised to produce the fulfillment of his word. Doesn't that make you feel good that knowing all I got to do is be broken, Lord, and your word will be fulfilled. Your word is going to be fulfilled through my brokenness. So the goal here today, that what God wants to speak to us today, that God wants to move on the scene, and he wants to do uh, the impossible. Got to be broken before him. We saw this with the, uh, the young widow woman. So the next thing, oh, y'all thought I was done. <laughs> the next thing that we can notice is Jesus began to move on the scene. He walked over. He touched the coffin. He stopped the funeral. In other words, he hey, pump the brakes. Time out here. Put me in the game, coach. It's my turn. It's my turn. Watch this. He walked over and he touches the coffin and he speaks to the young boy. Imagine me for just a moment. Uh, when Jesus has moved on a situation in your life, uh, we've got story after story after story. Even the small things that sometimes we may sit back and take for granted. But God moved on the scene because his word is infallible. His word is forever moving and changing us. So imagine with me for a moment when Jesus has moved in a situation in your life. A situation that was a once one of a kind scenario. Jesus steps in and stops the commotion. Did you notice that? Because everybody else, was, they were sobbing. They were crying as well. And what did he do? He stopped them. Hey, guys. You're having an unnecessary funeral here. Hence where our titles came from today. You're having an, an unnecessary funeral. So he stops the commotion and he speaks life into the very thing that has devastated our heart. Isn't that how beautiful that he would work? I mean, just the prayers that you're like, 
uh, sometimes that these prayers may take years. Uh, but we become what? We become relentless. We become relentless because when we are persistent with God, we are showing him our earnestness through this. So Jesus turned around and he did this very same thing in Luke chapter 8. I just want us to see these here for just a few moments. Luke chapter 8, verses 51 through 55. When they arrived at the house, Jesus wouldn't let anyone go in with him except for Peter, James, and John, and the little girl's father and mother. The house was filled with people, what? Weeping and wailing. But he said, stop the weeping. Stop. Don't, um, don't have a pity party. Be bold. God said that his word is a what? A sure word of prophecy. We begin to prophesy his word over our lives, over our situations, in these funerals, in these one-of-a-kind type scenarios. Let's keep reading. He says, stop weeping. She isn't dead. She's only asleep. But the crowd laughed at him because they all knew she had died. Then Jesus took her by, man, we're going to preach on that another time. We, well, I'm not even going to get all, all into that. But then Jesus took her by the hand. Look, we notice Jesus touching again. And then he said in a loud voice, my child, get up. And at that moment, her life returned and she immediately stood up. You see, when Jesus touches something, when Jesus speaks to something, it responds. It responds. What are we speaking? Because he's given us what? He's given us his word. He's given us his, the, the power of life and death is where? In the power of our tongue. What are we speaking? What are we speaking? Oh, we're, we're, man, I'm just preaching real good to Pastor James here today. Matthew chapter 9, verses 27 through 29. After Jesus left the girl's home, now this is following right after he left Jairus' house. Now watch this. This was Matthew's encounter. Two blind men followed along behind him saying, Son of David, have mercy on us. They went right into the house where he was staying. Can you imagine a blind person following you? We're getting somewhere. <laughs> and Jesus asked him, Do you believe that I can make you see Yes, Lord, they, they said to him. Then he what? Then he touched their eyes and said, Because of your faith, it will happen. Time and time and time and time again, people witness the presence of God. They, they, they witness his healing power. They witness... Uh, 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 um, uh, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. They, they've witnessed that so many times. Let's read one more encounter. Matthew chapter 8, verses 2 through 3. Suddenly, a man with leprosy approached him and knelt before him. Lord, the man said, if you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean. Jesus, what, what, Jesus reached out and touched him. I am willing he said jesus is making a proclamation to us here today that he is willing by faith will you by faith will you in and through your brokenness and it said i am willing he said he be healed and instantly the leprosy disappeared you see this was a one in a lifetime type scenario for this man that had leprosy. This was this was one of those once in a blue moons. So I'm, I'm here to remind us today that God is still moving and God moves with compassion. And I want us to understand to not have a necessary funeral. Well, God, what I was asking for just doesn't matter to you. It, it doesn't matter to you. Maybe maybe it was just what I wanted. But God is still on the scene. But we got to remember it's in and through our brokenness that will produce everything that he's wanting here. Time and time again, Jesus performed what he said that he would do. We read it. I, I'm here to preach the gospel, to spread the good news, 
to heal the brokenhearted, to open the eyes of the blind, to raise the dead. We saw it time and time and time again. And what makes us think that he's any different? What makes us think that he's any different? So as we get back to the story at hand, we can see that Jesus told the boy to get up. But not only did the young boy get up, but he responded to the word. But he became a witness of resurrection power of the Holy Spirit. So why do you say the Holy Spirit, Pastor? Why, why do you say that he became a witness of the resurrection power of the Holy Spirit? I'm glad you asked that question. Did y'all put that one in the question box this morning? Did you? Okay, well, this is the one that I'm going to answer today. We get one each week. No, I'm, I'm just kidding. It's simple. The Holy Spirit is the Word of God in action. How do you know that? Read with me in Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. Watch this. Maybe you've seen it. Maybe you haven't seen it. But I want you to see, I want you to see this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters. Watch this. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surfaces of the water. Then Jesus, then God said, let there be light, and there was light. We continue to read that let there be land, and there was land. Let there be a sky, and there was a sky. Everything that God spoke, the Holy Spirit placed in motion. It's the same thing for our life. Because Jesus said what? In John chapter, four, John chapter 14 or 16 and 18, he said, he said, it's best for you that I go away. Because if I don't, then what? I can't send you the alos paracletos. I can't send you the other. What was the other? There was two words for other. There's two Greek words for other. One was this. If, if Brother Rex has an orange soda, and I say, Brother Rex, I said, would you like another soda? And then if he said yes, and then I go and get him a Pepsi, I brought him another soda of a different kind. You see, but what happened here was Jesus said, he used the word uh, uh, alos. And the word alos is another of the same kind. I'm going to go and get you someone <laughs> that's just like me. Just like me. If Jesus had not had gone and moved away from the scene, we would not now have what? The Holy Spirit. Because if Jesus was to continue to live here on earth, then we would have to uh, catch a flight and go to Tel Aviv, right? And then we would have to drive a couple hours. And then we would have to stand among the multitude of people uh, with our questions. And we know that Jesus has got to eat and he's got to sleep, right? We saw that in the Word. He did that, right? He ate, he ate and he slept. So you'd wait in line to be able to ask him these questions or to make your request known to him. And let's just say you got there and then all of a sudden you leave and oh, something else comes up. So now I got to go all the way back. And I, but, you know, he gave us the Holy Spirit that's here with us. He's omnipresent. He's in all places at all times. He hears your prayer, my prayer at the same time. Can we fathom that? No, nah, man, but he can do it. Because the record has been proven. And everything that the word speaks to Holy Spirit manifests. Every bit of God's word that is spoken. His, 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 his rhema word. Everything that is spoken, the Holy Spirit performs it. Are we speaking the rhema over our life? Are we speaking the rhema over our situations? We're getting closer here. You know, I said at Marriage Club the other night, I usually have two closings. Well, here's the first one. So I asked him at prayer the other night. All year, and our pastor gave way to all year to wait and asked me to close on the, on the last get-together. And then I sit up, I say, y'all want the short version or the long version? <laughs> I said, well, come Sunday, we'll give you the long version. But it's just, it's just all in, in good humor and with laughs with one another. As the crowd witnessed, as the crowd witnessed the resurrection of this young boy, I want you to watch this. As they witnessed the resurrection of life and the witness of the young boy, the crowd was consumed by what? The all of God. 
the all of God. And we're going to talk about that here in just a second. The scripture declares that what? That great fear swept over the crowd. In other words, that, that, word, that word swept means it consumed them. It engulfed them. Uh, we, we've, maybe we've lit something on fire in the trash barrel before that was very flammable. And what happens is, is that flame engulfs it. it. It sucks it in and it com, com, completely obliterates it. And, and this is exactly what happened here is that when we witness God on the scene in every situation that we face, when we, when we witness God in these one type of scenarios, we should be consumed by the all of God, by the fear of God. Pastor, the fear of God, what, what, what are you talking about? Should I just be terrified and, 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 and just totally afraid of him? The manifestation of God's presence must be held in the highest of reverence and honor. Did we not read that in Psalms chapter 89? No, I don't have that slide. Psalms 89 verse 7, it said, All of those that are in the presence of God must hold him in high honor. We watched it last week when dishonor was displayed. Hophni and Phinehas, right? These were the two, two of the priests of the six people that were allowed in the presence of God. They offered profane fire. They offered common fire. And they treated God's presence as if it was just common. They were out of order. And it said immediately that the fire of God consumed them. We continued on. We read. We ran it. We read with, with uh, Ananias and Sapphira. What happened to them? It was their money to keep for themselves, but yet they treated God as if He didn't know. Oh God, I'm a, I, I, I can hide all of this from them, and, and I'm gonna hide it from you too. But God knows. There's nothing that's not seen by God. And what happened to them when they treated the Holy Spirit with irreverence? They died in a church service. And I believe with all my heart, we're going we're gonna to see that in the last days. We're going to see false prophets standing on the stage. And they're going to die because of their irreverence of God. Mark, mark your calendars on that. So the definition of the fear of the Lord is this as following. We have it on the screen. Watch this. You might want to take pictures of this just so you got this. The fear of the Lord is a profound and abiding respect and reverence for God and all things that he declares holy. To give God the most high, the infinite and utmost honor in every area of your life. To deeply tremble in the all privilege of his presence and the wonder of his word to worship God along with passionate praise and continual thanksgiving the fear of the Lord is to honor what he honors to love what he loves to hate what he hates to make his main thing our main thing the fear of the Lord is an internal disposition that produces fear dread Terror at the very thought of offending God. This tempering makes it impossible for Christians to sin casually, wholeheartedly, persistently, and consistently. The fear of the Lord is to depart from evil. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. To hate that word hate there, as you read it in the book of Proverbs, means passionately. Passionately. Lord, please forgive me. The fear of the Lord is a submitting of our will to embrace His fully. It is a cleansing and purifying agent that endures forever. The fear of the Lord is a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. 
And it is Jesus' delight. If you give us some music, baby. I'm a little ahead of schedule today, but it's okay. Because of this one thing that I've learned and that I operate in. Isn't in a holy fear of God. There's nothing that he can't see. There's nothing that he doesn't know. Today we've seen all of the, the whole scenario that Jesus wanted to display to us. To have these one type of scenarios or any scenario to be touched by him. And through the manifestation of his presence, the manifestation of his healing, the fulfillment of his word. We must be in the awe of God. We must venerate him. Oftentimes we see as God moved. Honor was brought to him. And maybe we can be honest here today. And say, Lord, I, I, I lack a healthy fear of you. You know, even the scripture says that why would we fear men that they can only take our lives? But why not fear God who can not only take our lives, but judge us as well? God is a just God. Yes, God does love us. And it is the love of God that draws us to Him by all means. All of these wonders and splendors. But you know what keeps us drawn to His presence? You know what keeps us drawn to wanting to do the 30, 60, and 100? Is operating in that fear. Loving what He loves. Hating what He hates. I go back to something that the Holy Spirit spoke to me several years ago. Holy Spirit spoke to me. He said, when you view sin, listen to this, sin. What is sin? First John says this. All sin is contrary to God's nature. It's opposite of who God is. So hence the Holy Spirit spoke to me. He said, when you view sin the same way I view sin, you will then respond to sin the same way that I do. There's a words that I live by every single day. Am I still human? Yes, I am. But God's called me to be like Him. We talked about it in the building of the temple. Why would we ever try to reach a destination if we didn't look like Him when we got there before Him? That's the purpose of the journey, ladies and gentlemen. Is to transform us into His image and His likeness. The great news that we have here today is that blood is still rolling through your veins. Oxygen is still being pumped through your lungs. And you have a conscious mind to make that decision today. Lord, that I will operate in the fear of God. 
your main thing will be my main thing. What you major in, I will major in. What you dislike, what you hate, I'm going to hate. What you love, I'm going to love. My desires are no longer my desires whatsoever, Lord. Matter of fact, I put them on the cross with the old man. And my desires now, Lord, is what your desires are. As we saw with Abraham. Because that was exactly what the angel spoke to Abraham right in the midst of him getting ready to stab his son. He said, stop. Because now that I know that you fear God. Fearing God is trembling at his word. To obey him instantly. To obey him even if you don't see a benefit to yourself. To obey him even if it hurts you. To obey him to completion. You see, this was a test. And Abraham didn't even have a Bible to read, ladies and gentlemen. And here we are as we have 66 books, this amazing love letter that God wrote us. And we've heard this saying that a dirty Bible leads to dirty lives. I'm just here to tell us today, ladies and gentlemen, that God has called us to so much more. So much more. We must be broken before Him. Let me pray with you today. Dear glorious and heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you today. Lord, that you've just been so merciful. Lord, that you've called us time and time and time again. But Lord, I'm here to declare today, Lord, that we hear what the Spirit has to say to us. Lord, that you're calling us to the more. Lord, forgive us that we've ever made life about ourselves. Lord, that we've ever gone through the motions of just of worship or just showing up in your presence, that we've ever treated you as profane, as we've ever treated you as common. Lord, forgive me. And as David said, Lord, make me willing to obey you. Lord, it's in my brokenness. It's in our brokenness, Lord, that we pursue you right now. We're forever grateful, Lord, for your word, for your heart, Lord, for your compassion, for your revelation. Lord, and we thank you for the revelation here today. Because, Lord, we know that revelation produces transformation. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is perfect, pleasing, and acceptable. Help us, Lord, to stay reminded. Holy Spirit, I'm, I'm, I'm consciously asking you right now, Keep me reminded to never, ever, ever offend God with anything that I do. Lord, maybe there's someone here today. Maybe there's just someone online that don't know you as their Lord and Savior. It's not a magical prayer. It's just a repentance Greek word metania means to have a change of heart that's manifested by the way that we live Jesus said that we take our cross up and we follow him we're on our way to Golgotha
Will you join us? Will you make that conscious decision today to join us? Because it's the only way that we can resurrect to newness of life. Just simply, Lord, please forgive me of my sins. Forgive me that I've ever made life about me. Forgive me, Lord, that I've ever excused you. Forgive me, Lord, that I've ever treated you as common. Forgive me, Lord, that I've ever treated you irreverently. Wash me. Make me white as snow. Purify me. Create in me a clean heart, O oh God. If that was your prayer today, let's make it known to someone. If you don't have a church that you call home, we'd love to have you here. But I'd so much more rather that you would be obedient to the Holy Spirit than what James desires. I challenge you to go forth this week. Be salt and be light to a broken and a dying generation. Because for some people, we are the only Jesus that they will ever see. Join us next week as we will start a new series called something from nothing.